This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. Here's your host, Leah Haygood. Hello, and welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah, and I am your host. Guys, we have reached episode 13, and I just want to take a moment to say how proud of you I am. I kind of want to give you just a little insight of just how things have progressed on the podcast. And to be honest with you, I I have had really no expectations as far as downloads and who this is going to reach or whatever. I've just been trying to be consistent with things. But guys, we are well on our way to approaching 600 downloads over the lifetime of this podcast, which for me, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. (laughs) And we have been able to, let's see, I think we've been had listeners in 23 or 24 of the 50 states of America, which is pretty awesome. And then we've also had a couple random listeners in Canada, India, and Ireland. So guys, we're international, barely, but we're there. So I just want to say thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, and sharing with friends. I know the past two episodes, if you haven't listened to them already, it's episode 11 with my interview with Joey West and episode 12 with my interview with Ashley Braytech. Both of those have been my top most downloads in the shortest period of time thus far. So that's been incredible. So thank you so much. Today I have for you an interview with a guy by the name of Kevin Slocum. And uh, I think I mentioned it before in the last episode that I've actually never met this man in the flesh. We have met through uh, social media. He messaged me on Instagram and uh, I was able to do, jump on a Zoom call with him. So, I, and it was in the middle of quarantine. So, it feels like a lot of relationships in quarantine have been all digital. <laughs> so, um, but it's been it's been cool to kind of dive into this. And Kevin's going to share a little bit about his story with how he started his beard oil company, which is called Beard Joy. And we get to talk about the Enneagram, and he actually knows a lot more about the Enneagram than I do. But uh, talk a little bit about that and just business in general and, you know, taking bold steps and what that looks like and um, having a small business that's kind of a side hustle, but he could make it a full-time career if he wanted to. But anyway, I'm rambling on. So (laughs) let's take a minute and dive right into my interview with Kevin Slocum. Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Leah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I got to know, this is kind of how I've been starting out any interview that I've done in coming out of quarantine. How was your quarantine experience? Was it a little chaotic or was it a time of reflection? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe both, um, both and, <laughs> um, like my daytime job, uh, I, I work from home anyways. I work for a company that's based out of Texas. And so being home has not been much of a, a change for me. Um, what what has been a change is uh, uh, having my, my, fa- my family home throughout the day. Um, my wife was off work for a couple of weeks and uh, my son has obviously been off of uh, out of school, um, and now they're they're completely out after the summer. But um, I'm one of those kind of people that enjoy uh, solitude, and I kind of thrive, get a lot knocked out, and then and everything. So I did miss that, um, but not to the point that I'm like moving out or anything. <laughs> so right. um, uh, so yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, and then there have been times that I've thought, okay, I think I'm going to go for a little stroll by myself and uh, listen to the Lead to Lead podcast. It's uh, kind of one of the things that I did when I uh, was walking the dogs. I'd, I'd listen to episodes. And so um, both and, I'll put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So you would say that you are definitely uh, an introvert. That's how you regain your energy. For sure. Um, yeah. I, are you an Enneagram person? I am. I am indeed. Okay. Okay. So I'm a five, which means uh-huh. that by nature, I can't stand people. And uh, that's a joke. But um, <laughs> I do I do really thrive on alone time, solitude. And, uh, and I don't just use that as like a cop-out for I just don't want to be around people. Like I really do. If I can 
focus and get my head because uh, a, a healthy five kind of reverts to being an eight, which means like getting stuff done. And um, anyways, I don't want to go down the whole rabbit trail of all that, but I do enjoy being alone and, and seem to get a lot done, whether it's work or in my head, I get a lot done. So yeah, there's that. My husband is a five, and so oh. I've had to force to to learn the ways of a five because I'm a two, and so the way so it's quite the okay. relationship. Um, sure. It's very interesting. I've I've had to learn over time and actually learn the hard way that he needs to be alone, and I don't necessarily need to like chase after him to ask him what's wrong. Just talk to me, and and so. <laughs> So my husband could sympathize with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny, though, because before, um, and maybe let's just go full down this rabbit trail, I suppose, but before I knew about the Enneagram, I, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, I'd mm. be around, even family, like, I mean, not, not just my, my wife and, and son, but like other parts of the family, and I'd just be like, like on a holiday, like I, I got to catch breath, you know? And I thought there was something like, what's just so wrong with me that you can't be around family and enjoy it. And then I kind of started getting into the Enneagram and, and read, there's nothing wrong with you. That's just something that you need. You need, you need space sometimes. And so like when I was able to like finally present that to my wife and be like, I'm not a complete jerk, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it, I'm kind of, I, I am kind of, but at least it's, it's a natural thing. It's not like you're ticking me off or anything. It's just, I just am overwhelmed. And so when I kind of learned that about myself, I thought, Oh, well, that's a relief. At least I'm not total jerk. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's good. I appreciate you saying that. Cause I know uh, fives you'll unite, but you'll unite alone. <laughs> um or for father's day my my wife got me that shirt that says introverts unite but alone and in your own home so yeah <laughs> that, uh, i thought that she knows me well <laughs> it's funny uh so my husband is is a realtor he um has been doing that the past few years and his i think it was his broker's wife bought him a shirt for christmas that says i need a hug just don't touch me and yeah, uh, that would be that'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's man. funny because my wife's love language physical touch, mm-hmm. and so for me that comes very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again makes me just sound like such a jerk. Like who doesn't want physical touch? But anyway, so there are there are compromises in the marriage where you know I just kind of from a distance like they're there. They're know? there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's true. Uh, I, I get it. Like my husband, he'll tell me, he's like, you know, I, I love hugging you. I love hugging our kids, but that's it. That's it. That's the cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I I hope I'm, I'm just listening to myself talk and hoping that anybody that listens to this will read the Enneagram book and realize that, you know, we're all different and, uh, this is the way God made me. So. <laughs> right. right. Good stuff. I'm, I'm trying to learn more about the Enneagram. So this is a good conversation. So thank you for your insight. You of yeah. I, love, I love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, just where, uh, where's home for you? Did you grow up here? And you've already said that you're, you're married, you have a son. Um, what else would you like to share about yourself? Yeah, so I grew up in the upstate uh, in Greenville and um, then uh, met a, uh, a girl who would become my wife in 2002. Um, and we got married in 2003 and moved from uh, Greenville to Texas, which is where she, uh, her family is from. And we really spent from 2004 to 2018 in Texas. Um, in West Texas, and then the majority of the time was in East Texas, which is where she's from. And it was great. we had a uh, had a child, our first child there, our our only child there. Um, and then in 2018, I really felt like we needed to move back to the Upstate to, uh, to the Greenville area um, for 
a litany of reasons, but, uh, you know, uh, getting her to, to understand that was, I knew would be a challenge and I knew it would kind of need to be a God thing. And I knew that I couldn't strong arm that or, or anything like that. So just kind of began the process of praying through that and seeing what that would look like. And finally just kind of told her, Hey, uh, I think we need to move to Greenville. And, you know, so that was a, uh, a good time for our marriage we were really talking deep deep stuff and the future and and everything and anyway so yeah we uh we moved in 2018 um in july 2018 and we've been here ever since so um Mm -hmm. it's just cool how god's kind of orchestrated all that for us there's i could talk for a long long time about how many different ways he's just kind of led us and, and provided for us. So Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you're freshly back in the upstate then, just about two years. Yeah. Almost. It'll almost it'll be two years this August or July, August. So Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. This is kinda of off the cuff, but is Texas barbecue as good as they say it is? Okay. Uh-oh. Great question. <laughs> Great question. Um I'm gonna actually show my Carolina roots here. Uh it's great. It is, it is, it is good. But like, if, if you were to talk to a Texan, it's, it's the only thing. Mm. I am an equal opportunity barbecue uh, enthusiast. So I've got a smoker like right outside my my house here. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I typically like pork better than I do beef brisket, which is what Texans. So yes. I'll eat, I'll eat brisket. It's amazing. It's great. Um, but I don't think it's the be all end of barbecue. I'll just say that. So gotcha. anyway, but it's really good. You should try it sometime. <laughs> okay. I think I will. I think I will. I've heard too many good things. Uh, brisket is like King. And so, but I love pulled pork and I love mustard based sauces. So there's that. <laughs> or like if this is like a lion, witch in the wardrobe thing where there are multiple Kings and Queens, Mm-hmm. then yes, uh, then brisket is, is king, uh, aside, you know, next to uh, pulled pork. There you That's go. That's all I'll say, and I will get shot the next time I go to Texas. So There you there go. go. <laughs> you're, you're a blasphemer. It's okay, though. Okay. <laughs> I brought it on. No longer welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah. Uh, Appreciate absolutely. That. Happy to do it. <laughs> Well, um, the reason why it's interesting how you, I think you messaged me initially through Instagram. That's how we connected, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at your profile. I'm like, this dude sells beard oil and I'll be honest with you. Um, I, uh, I, I was at a church for a very long time. I went to Brushy Creek and Taylor's for almost my whole life, like pretty much 27 years. Um, I'll be 28 in July. So, um, but I noticed that there was a growing long beard culture in Brushy Creek. There are a lot of guys who are wanting to get like, but then they would have the beard combs and then it was sandalwood. And then I had heard about beard oil, but tell me, where did that come from? Like what made you decide to kind of pursue that? Well, so many, many moons ago, uh, I decided to, uh, to start growing a beard through No Shave November, which is kind of a thing. Um, and uh, I had never had a full beard before. I just either had a, a little goatee, but I'd never let let it just kind of see where it would grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, just started doing that and quickly realized that when you have a beard, it starts itching really bad. And then if you're not careful and this was like the first time again that I tried to grow a beard I started noticing like stuff gets caught in it and it's just mm. really dry and itchy and scratchy and I thought well there must be some product for dudes with beards and maybe I even googled products for dudes with beards and came across beard oil and uh, just tried a few different brands and didn't like what I got for whatever mm. reason um, and so uh, that kind of led me down the road to, um, I've always kind of been a DIY type guy. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this out and just, you know, see what happens. So the five in me did a ton of research. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure your husband, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Yes. Uh, did, did a lot of research uh, on both the carrier oils that are good for um, skin and uh, hair, as well as essential oils that you can mix with them and came up with my first little beard oil and I loved it. And then um, I just was like, oh, I'll bottle up some for a couple bearded friends and hand them out and everything. And so they are actually ones that encouraged me. Uh, they said, you know, dude, this is, this is a great product. What'd you do? You know? And I told them and they said, well, you should start selling it. And I have never been an entrepreneur, not really much of a salesman, anything like that. So I just thought, eh, that's, no, that's not me, you know, but little by little, they started convincing me that I needed to do that. And so that kind of started me bottling it and getting a label and a logo and, and starting an Etsy site at that, at that point, it was an Etsy site mm-hmm. um, and selling it on there. So that's kind of how, how all this craziness started. Wow. And so who came up with uh, the name? Was that you or was it somebody else? Yeah, it was me. Um, the The idea behind it was, uh, I, and our our motto to this day, it's not we don't really like put it out there, but it's uh, enjoy your beard. That just seems like a novel idea to us. Is like if you're going to do something, you should enjoy it. And uh, so we believe, uh, I believe that our products can help men enjoy their beards more than uh, not using any product at all. So yeah, that's kind of the, 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 the idea behind the name was beard joy, enjoy your beard. So. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say are some of the, um, the benefits of using beard oil? Is it mostly like for the beard itself or the skin under the beard or is it a combination of both? What would you say the main uh, purpose of it is? It's absolutely both. It's, it's for the health of both your, your beards and the skin underneath the beard because growing a beard is, is going to dry your face out. And when you, uh, when your skin gets dry, you start getting beard dandruff and you start actually getting kind of pockets of, uh, little inflamed spots and everything. And so, uh, you really want to keep, uh, your skin, uh, moisturized and then, and also your beard moisturized as well, because, um, otherwise it'll just feel really, just really dry and, and then you don't have a lot of control to it and stuff like that. So uh, beard oil mainly helps to keep your skin nice and healthy, free of dandruff and flakes and stuff like that. But then uh, also it does keep your uh, the, the beard itself moisturized and, and also smelling good too. So Sure, sure. What are some of the scents that you sell? Oh, man, we got... We have 13 different scents. I think that's one thing that kind of separates us from, yeah, from uh, a lot of uh, beard oil companies is that, um, again, I love the research. So (laughs) I really dig into the research and and I really enjoy that process of formulating the the right ratio stuff and, and kind of letting my wife smell it. And she'll say, ooh, no, go, go back to the drawing board. Or she'll be like, oh, I love it, you know. So yeah. we've got, um, I won't go through all of them, but like the original, which was our first one, is a mix of tea tree and peppermint essential oils. And both of them are really, um, have um, antimicrobial, antiviral uh, properties to them to keep you nice and clean. we got uh, one of our, our latest one is called the Bookshop, which uh, if you think... Um, of kind of leather and coffee smells, um, as, as well as a cedar. So I'm, I'm like, when I thought of the bookshop, I thought, okay, you know, big wooden cabinets with leather bound books on it. I'm drinking a a cup of coffee. Mm. That's what I want this beard oil to smell like, you know, um, we've got one that's called the hippie, which was, uh, we made that one for a beard competition that I was a part of Austin, Texas. If you know anything about Austin, uh, patchouli is uh, is probably the second most favorite scent next to, uh, let's just say, a smoke um, scent uh, in Austin. Got me? Okay. So I know, I don't know if there's, anyways, but um, so anyways, they really enjoyed the, the patchouli, the very earthy green smell of that. Uh, so that, but you know, it's funny because usually it's the guys that are like 60 and above that are like, 
my life's a hippie. That's good. I knew you would. <laughs> Familiar scent. It's coming back to you. Familiar. Right. It's all coming back. All those brain cells haven't been killed off just yet. So. There you go. Um, <laughs> so anyway, just have a, a whole, you know, the, the reason we have so many is we want each guy that has a beard to be able to find at least one. And usually it's more than one, but at least one scent that they can really identify with and really say, this is, this is my scent. This is the one I go to. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, what was your, um, when you were making these different oils and stuff and thought about opening a business, was it your intention to keep it part-time like permanently, or would you like for it to be a full-time full-blown career? Yeah. I mean, I'd love for it to be full-time. Um, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I have a hard time, uh, saying no to things, uh, which is a, a bad, bad thing, but I mean, I have a, I have a full-time job that, like I said, that I work from home that I love and I would, well, in, in August, I will have been with the company for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of that time was actually in one of their offices until we moved and I was able to start working remotely. But, um, like I can see myself doing my day job forever. Mm. If Beard Joy is full time, I can see myself doing that as well <laughs> forever. You know, I, I don't think that I'll ever just have like one job, which is mm. great. I love that. I love the, the mental stuff that it takes to be able to kind of juggle multiple things. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I would definitely love it if Beard Joy was was full time, uh, but I think I would. I would still be sitting doing my day job and, and, and whatever various other things came up as well, you know? Sure. You're, well, you're well diversified. Let's say it that way. Well, so they say, and I'm not sure who they are, but I know that I've heard it. It could have been Warren Buffett. Um, somebody that's rich has said that the average millionaire has seven sources of income. Mm. So just now a lot of that is like, you know, passive and, stuff like that. They don't really have to do anything. It's all in the you know stock market or it's in investments or whatever, but I'm on my way. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that some people think that millionaires, it's like, Oh, they either got famous really quick or their parents had money and that's how they got money. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, I mean, I know for us, we're, um, my husband and I, we, we like to be doing, a lot of things. I'm very good at filling up my time so I can sympathize with you that it's harder for me to say no. I've had to learn how to flex that muscle recently. But um, there's something that is, it, it keeps it exciting. Firstly, like you can be able to do different things. Like for instance, like this podcast, I would love for it to one day eventually be part-time, full-time, whatever that looks like. Um, but I, to be truthful, it's it's not right now. Um, but I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom right now, and then also I'm a worship leader. I love teaching. Like, Jake and I, we do ministry together, like, with Celebrate Recovery and all this stuff. And I think it's important to to kind of stretch your branches, so to speak. And, and like, it's great to be focused on one thing and um, give it all your attention. But at the same time, you know, you kind of have to see the perspectives of other people and to... I don't know. God's given us a lot of different talents and it'd be a shame to not use all of them in some capacity. Um, any comment on that? Absolutely. I, I grew up thinking that, uh, because this is what was modeled for me as, as far as I knew was that, you know, your work was kind of an eight to five Monday through Friday type thing. My mm-hmm. parents, uh, who actually celebrated their 51st anniversary together, uh, on the 31st of wow. last month. So, crazy uh that that after three kids they're <laughs> they still love each other but um <laughs> like that's just what i saw modeled was that they went every day and came home every night and did did it all did it all over again mm-hmm. and maybe it was a different time back then as well uh families were more together or whatever but um yeah i've always kind of or not always but within the past five or six years just kind of thought you know what um I I was more tired when I worked just an an eight to five job than 
now what I do, which is, mm-hmm. um, which is even more than I've, I've told, told there, there's some other stuff that I, that I do beyond, uh, my day job and, and beard joy. Um, so, I mean, I'll get up every morning, uh, and start work at five 30 for my day job. And sometimes I'll, I mean, I have the flexibility to be able to, you know, kind of stagger some beard joy stuff in between there and do some other um, things uh, throughout there. But I might not close my laptop up until six or seven at night working on day job stuff. Mm. And the beauty of it and and the blessing of it is that I can do all that from home, you know, so it's not like I'm gone for 12, 13 hours a day away from my family I, I'm actually here being a dad you know right um while working at the same time and so I realize that that's that that's a blessing but yeah I think that I mean I, I just think that if you have a an itch that you should scratch it you know sure. and if that's leading worship at a church then do what you can to lead worship at a church and if that's to lead a small group bible study then do that or if it's something that you can monetize then go after that, you know, and if your partner or uh, husband, wife is, is, is supportive of you in that, then that's awesome, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Let's talk a little bit about, um, nobody likes to uh, share their struggles, but what are some challenges that you've had with uh, Beer Joy? Because I, I believe you started Beer Joy, what was it, 2014? I, th- I think was that was it. I was... <laughs> It's funny. I did a podcast the other day, and I, I slipped up, and I think I had the year wrong. But I think it was 2014. Yeah, I think okay. it was 2014. <laughs> so you started it while you were in Texas. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, how did you have any challenges of like making the move to Greenville? Like, did you do you still have a lot of customers that are still in Texas, or have you moved a lot of them to here? Yeah, that that's a good question. Good point. Um, I did have, uh, you know, obviously in this day and age, a lot of people want to work local with local people. Mm-hmm. So I had my my products in a couple uh, different shops and, and barber shops in the Longview, Texas area, and uh, I knew that that was probably going to change. Um, you know, when we moved to South Carolina, just again, because people want to use local people and, and I get that. So yeah. that was one um, logistical thing that I just, I just was upfront and honest with them. I was like, Hey, I'd, I'd love to continue supplying you with, with beard oil. Um, but I, you know, it's not going to be as easy as me just dropping it off to you like it has been, you know? So, yeah. so that was one thing that, that changed a little bit. Uh, but, you know, one of the goals for, for this year has been to get into more barber shops and more shops locally here in the, uh, we live in Greer, um, in the Greer area and Greenville mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I've been working hard to, to make that a, to make that a, a reality and a vision, you know, to, to keep growing in that area here in, in Greer. So. Sure. Yeah. I live in Greer too. Gotcha. Um, All right. But I've noticed that there are a lot of like, um, I guess you call them like boutique barber shops, like Brass Beard and, um, I know there's several in downtown Greenville, like I've heard of, um, was it, uh, like there's Oxford Barber Company, I believe. Yep. And West End Barber Shop in the West End. So gotcha. yeah, there's quite a few, uh, quite a few of them downtown Greenville. So yeah, it seems like that has become more of a trend. Like people are, especially guys are wanting to go to old school barbers and like get you the know, straight razor cuts and all that kind of stuff. That has become, uh, a thing, you know, for, for guys. Um, whereas, um, well, so maybe it's, it's just kind of coming full circle. Uh, you know, you think of the Floyd's barbershop from the Andy Griffith show, you know, where guys would sit down and it would be a, a, a talk and it wouldn't be a get them done and get them out, get them done and get them out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is, this kind of harkens back to those days where, the barbers did take their time. You might pay a little bit more, but it's worth every penny because you're going to walk out looking amazing, you know, um, and your beard is going to look amazing. It's going to feel amazing. And uh, they might even put a, you know, a hot towel on your face to kind of help to exfoliate you. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think, uh, you know, 
guys feel confident when they look good, feel good, smell good, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's a good thing. I think it is kind of a, a tip of the hat back to the old school barber um, with the, you know, the straight razor cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember going with my, um, my dad and my brother. Uh, we had some friends of ours that owned a barbershop. It's like the oldest barbershop in Malden. It's the Hall Brothers. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember going there and I don't think anything has changed in probably 30 years walking in there. Um, Cause I remember like the best thing about it for me, obviously I'm not getting my hair cut there, so I'm just sitting there. But they had the old school glass Coke bottles, and you could buy Cokes there. And that was, oh, uh, man. you know, <laughs> that that was the most nostalgic thing. Like, I still remember that as a kid, and it's been years since since yeah, that. So yeah. Yeah. I think you make an interesting point how um, uh, the boutique barbershop, like actually a place where guys can take time. And it's not about just, like you said, a quick cut and go. We're, we're, we went from a leisurely cut to quick and fast and cheap. And now we're moving back to that. So, um, I think for you, just my perception with beard oil is that guys are taking the time again to slow down when it comes to personal hygiene. (laughs) And you guys, guys have a, a stigma saying, Hey, they're more likely to be stinky, but now not so much. Um, and would you say that that is definitely an advantage? for you because people are wanting to take time? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, like you said, you know, the, the, the thinking in, in the barbershops, uh, and I wouldn't even really call them not barbershops, but the cheap places to get a haircut. I don't even know what you call them, but yeah. it's just, they teach them you volume, 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 get them done fast. So you can get their tip and get another guy in and get their tip and get it, you know, yeah. And, um, but guys these days, yeah, I mean, um, you know, like beard oils and beard care products and pomade stuff for the, for the, the, like guys have gone for thousands and thousands and thousands of years without maybe having any of that stuff. Um, And, and, and can you, can you go for another thousand without it? Yeah. But it's like, you know, women, you know, my wife's got these lotions that she puts on and just oh, makes her smell great and makeup and all this stuff. It makes you as a, as a person feel better. And I think beard oil is kind of the, and, and cologne as well, but that's kind of the, the male equivalent of maybe lotion, smell good lotion. You know? There you go. Like, oh, okay. I can, I can look good. I can smell good. And yeah. So that's, yeah. that's just uh Maybe it's just another way of saying self-care. That's a good term that's thrown around these days, but uh, I, I'm i in favor of it for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, this is more of a business-minded question, but um, uh, I, think it, I think it's interesting, and I think it's great that basically Beer Joy was birthed out of frustration. Like you were not happy with the products that you were looking for, and so you're like, screw that. I'll make my own. (laughs) Right. Um, so that's incredible. I know that there are a lot of people out there. I think, uh, I I am a millennial, whatever I'll, I'll, I'll own it, but I know there's a negative stigma. I know. (laughs) I do remember time before cell phones or smartphones. So I I will say that I remember VHS tapes. (laughs) Man, you're going way back. (laughs) Oh yes, I have to, (laughs) but, um, I, I, there is a strong entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, that's a weird, hard word to say, but um, there's a wave of that coming that a lot of people are trying to make it on their own and making a new product. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that is maybe frustrated with a different kind of product? What would you say? Solve a problem. Mm. That's it. Just solve a problem. And you know, like you're, you're going to have your own opinion on something. Like I, I wasn't the first dude to make beard oil. Other, other guys did that first, but my problem was I didn't like their stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I made my own and there's going to be other people in your market, whatever market that's going to be, set yourself apart and just let the cards fall where they may. I'm, I'm friends with a few guys 
in the beard oil industry. And we're, we're very cordial. We both know that like there's, there's people that I'll reach that they won't. And there's people that they will reach that I won't. And that's okay. The market will decide. <laughs> mm. But as long as you're doing your best, you're solving a problem and you attack it and, and you're, you work hard with it and, and keep going with it. And there's going to be setbacks and, 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 and successes as well. But like the market will decide whether you're viable or not. Yeah. So either you're going to come up across, you know, a, a hardship and be like, Oh, I guess I'm not viable. Or you're going to learn from that and say, how can I be viable? You know, when you see a letter opener, it's like, oh, duh, why didn't I think of that? Or when you see whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. like a ice dispenser from a refrigerator, like, why didn't I think of that? That's, that's elementary. I should have thought of that, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, solve a, a problem that you know that you have and maybe other people, probably other people will have that problem and, and then let the, let the cards fall where they may, but don't, don't pack up shop because you run into opposition because that's going to yes. happen. So. Right. And I, I think that that is one thing that, um, people in who are approaching their twenties or like me, I'm in my mid twenties that um, problems have been viewed as, oh man, this must be the end. Like I, I should just stop doing it instead of saying, okay, no, we just need to reevaluate and we need to make a turn. Um, can you speak into that a little bit? Like, have you had any opportunities with your business? Yeah, big and big and small, honestly. Um, I, I love talking about the idea of failure. You grew up thinking that okay, well, if you if you failed, that oh well, you know, mm. better next, better luck next time or whatever. But that that failure was was to be just avoided at all costs. You can't fail. Don't fail. Do anything but fail. Mm. Bull crap. Like failure is motivation. Like I get up. Like if if something just goes terribly wrong and I feel like it's, it's a failure or whatever, that motivates me to get my butt back up and sucker punch failure in the face and say, you, not, not yet. I ain't done yet. You don't have the, I'm, I still, I still got a pulse. I'm still going. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you've, you've got that decision to make in your head. You can either lay down and okay, well, uh, I, I met some opposition, you know, I mean, the, the, I don't know if you saw the ESPN series on the nineties, uh, Chicago bull, Michael Jordan and, and all them. I heard about it. Didn't get the chance to watch it though. So good. Like he was like, that was my, when I grew up, he was, that was the NBA right there. Mm. Chicago Bulls. I was, I love them. And, you know, but think about it. If you got cut from his high school basketball team, what would have happened had he just packed it up, said, okay, I guess I'm going to play piano now. Yeah. There'd be no Michael freaking Jordan. I mean, right. come on. You know, so, so yeah, failure is as long as you're getting back up and learning, then, then there is no failure. Mm. You know, uh, there case in point for, for beard joy. And I've, I've talked about this on, on another place but our labels which uh right now are very easily dispensed mm-hmm. well they used to be um just on a uh, on a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that i had to individually cut out in Ooh. super straight lines and it made my head want to explode and really let's just be honest it made my wife's head want to explode because she's more of a crafty person mm. and I was like I can't just without like I can't cut in straight lines you please help you know so she was the one that was having to really do all of that and it was so time consuming to just label you know 10 bottles of beard oil at, at a time it was just like so frustrating and then I was like if I'm willing to like accept this all right this is a fail this is not how <laughs> this is not how this should be let's think of a better way and so got in contact with a, a company out of California that handles all of my labels now that does an amazing job. And I can just peel and stick, peel and stick. It's so mm. simple. 
but if I would have like just given up shop because I met some resistance on labels, like that's so minuscule now, but <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I mean, every business is going to experience that and you just got to keep digging and you got to tell failure where to freaking go. So <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> awesome. Trying to keep it clean here, Leah. Trying to keep it clean for you. I appreciate it for all the children. Yes. (laughs) But no, that's, I think that's super important that um, I I wrote down failure is motivation. So thank you. That is awesome. Because I, um, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. I have a background at Chick-fil-A. And I was, um, I was a manager for um, a couple years. I'd been, actually me and my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but we worked together. And Chick-fil-A is known for innovation, uh, like the whole thing with iPads outside with the drive-thru and that sort of thing. And, and Chick-fil-A had this mac line. Mac and of, cheese. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you like it? Oh, my gosh. I want some <laughs> now. Anyway. <laughs> There's a... Uh, at least three different kinds of cheeses in it, by the way. And it's, oh yeah. So they again, come When they have the burn part on the top. Mm, mm-hmm. My goodness. That's my language right there. We bake that casserole style, by the way, it comes to us in bags. It's frozen. We thaw it out, put it in there and then you sprinkle Monterey cheddar cheese on top. Then you bake it in the oven. So that's the crispy goodness that you're talking about. Then sings my soul. Mm. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, well, that could be like a solution. Like people are wanting more of that unctuousness as far as that Chick-fil-A brings. So mac and cheese, they, they tried it out in Texas actually first, yeah. saw that it was success and then they brought that out. But as far as operations, uh, when I first started back in high school, we had, I mean, I worked nights mostly, but we would typically have a person on the headset talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then someone at the window and the one I worked at was a drive, um, double drive through. So we didn't have a dining room, mm-hmm. but yeah. we had... Uh, those two positions in two lanes and then we had a couple baggers and then people at front counter for walk up from the time that was 2009 when I first started working there and then I recently left this past year but I think of the operations that we had our store got rebuilt to still two lanes but has a full dining room and we would have uh, during a lunch rush anywhere between 20 and 25 people like between kitchen actually up front only and outside yeah wow so so jumping like that's almost quadruple the amount of people that we had to keep the show rolling you know yeah but we realized that there are certain little things that make things faster or makes the experience seem faster and the guest is more satisfied and so what we saw as Oh, the drive-thru is moving slowly. We could have said, well, dang it. We just got to shut down the drive-thru. That's the, that's the yeah. problem. <laughs> but instead <laughs> came at it with a, what oh, can we do to solve a problem? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. resonate with that completely. And I yeah. love how, um, the example that you used of, of simple labels, like it was taking you, how long would you say pre stickers oh. would it take you? Oh, it, I mean, depending on how many bottles I was bottling, but it, it would it would take, I'll put it this way, it would take me longer to label the bottle so that it would be finished than it would be for me to like fill the bottles with every little thing and cap it. And I mean, so it was just taking forever and mm. uh, time is money. And, and there's, you know, the, the more, the more of my time I'm spending on something, the less money I'm making, <laughs> Right. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, if there can shortcuts can be made uh, without obviously affecting the quality of the product and everything. So I think that's what you're talking about with mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A. And that, that was the, the label thing with me was it just once we, you know, were able to see that, okay, I'm, I'm willing to pay more in money so that in time it, it saves me time, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's huge. Those of y'all who are listening, write down, failure is motivation, punch it in the throat. That's what you need to write down. That's right. (laughs) Lessons learned today. (laughs) There you go. Lessons from Kevin. There you go. (laughs) I'll write a book one day. (laughs) There you go. Write it. Well, Kevin, where can people find uh, Beer Joy? Do you still have your Etsy shop or is it more in person? Yeah, so we, we packed up the Etsy shop. Don't have that anymore, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to beardjoy.com, uh, and, uh, actually beardjoy.com slash 
shop is the shop. But if you just go to beerjoy.com, you can click and find the shop there. So we have a few different ways of getting our product to people. Uh, beerjoy.com is one of them. You use the shop there, read all about all of the different scents of beard oils that we have uh, and everything. Um, also, we do, uh, especially this time of year, we do a lot of different uh, markets and, and stuff like that on the weekends and and everything. Uh, so you're likely to find us at, at, at a, an event around Greenville, Greer, Spartanburg, Taylor's, those areas. Uh, and like I said, especially towards the beginning of like the holiday season, Christmas holiday season, we really are, are pretty busy there. Nice. Um, we are always looking for new shops to be in. Um, right now in Greenville, if you go to, if you're a, a cigar or pipe smoker, um, we're Boda Pipes and Cigars in Greenville on North, uh, South Pleasant Burns Um, kind of near Greenville Tech area, Tanner's Big Orange, if you are a Greenville. Yes. Room billion. And uh, looking to expand that. Um, uh, we're in a barber shop now in Spartanburg. So you can contact me if you want to get that information. And then we also have a subscription box service, which we started in, 2020, in the beginning of this year, where each month I send you a, a brand new bottle of uh, Beard Joy beard oil to different scents each month. So you can really kind of collect the set, uh, if you will, um, by trying out all sorts of uh, each one of our scents throughout the year. And we give you a really good deal on that. Typically, a bottle of beard oil is $20, and then you got to pay for shipping for me to get it to. But with the subscription service, we only charge $15 per bottle with shipping included. So you're getting a really good deal, uh, you know, uh, each each month with that. If you have any questions regarding that, you can email me, Kevin Slocum at beardjoy.com. Um, we're six months into uh, the subscription service uh, from offering that, and it's it's really gone pretty seamlessly, which uh, was a huge, like I was, you know, again, I, I want to have all the details uh, before I start something and mm-hmm. uh, the subscription service was just kind of like well I'm going to prepare all I can I'm going to research all I can but like once we go live with this there are going to be hiccups along the way and uh, thankfully there have not really been but so everything's running smoothly with that uh, but it's something that we're really excited about is the, the subscription box service and it's a great thing for you know wives to get their husbands uh, for the whole year it's, it's like the Christmas gift that you know shows up every month yeah. yeah, it's a cool thing. So. That's that's a great idea. I know um, several of my friends their um, their husbands have at least substantial beards. And l- let's clarify something: like, could someone who has stubble or a shorter beard would they benefit from beard oil? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because uh, it's going to condition your skin, you know, that's true. and you can never go wrong with conditioning your skin. Now, you know, obviously, if it's just stubble, it's not going to be really soft because Mm -hmm. it's it's shorter and and stubble just in and of itself is a little bit prickly or whatever. So, um, but it's going to be healthy for your skin and your beard. So yeah, you don't have to have some ginormous duck dynasty type beard to, uh, (laughs) to get the effects of of beard beard oil. So. Right. Right. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Kevin, my friend, uh, I will definitely be sharing this with my bearded friends, and I'll share it with with my husband. He's he's sensitive to, um, like, he doesn't like really pungent smells. Do you have something in mind that's kind of more subtle? I sure do. Yeah, we actually have um, a beard oil that is undefeated, and it's called the Hunter, and it's called the Hunter for a couple reasons. Um, first of all, the little artwork is kind of camo, so. Mm-hmm. If a guy likes to go hunting and wants to have beard oil in, but doesn't want to uh, throw his, you know, scent all over the place, uh, this is unscented. So uh, it's unscented for that reason. But then also um, there are guys that, you know, they enjoy still wearing colognes and stuff, and they don't want to have two different contrasting scents on their beard and on their chest. So so yeah, I mean, there's some days if I've got a cologne in particular that I really love, so I'll just throw some of the Hunter uh, in my beard, which is unscented, and then I can spray the cologne on, and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't have two different 
bipolar sense going on in my in my world. So. Right. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I'm so glad that you didn't say, yeah, it's deer urine scented and it's yeah. great for... <laughs> The wives love it. They, they just it's a love big it. hit for Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day. I'm telling you. <laughs> not a good, not a good idea. <laughs> oh man. Well, Kevin, thank you, man. I've enjoyed talking with you, and uh, we'll maybe yeah. we'll connect more with the Enneagram uh, stuff down the road. Absolutely, um, absolutely, love to. Absolutely. I'll make, um, I'll be putting all your info in the show notes for this so people can awesome. find you and find you on social media and stuff. Uh, d- social media, is that a thing for you? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big thing. Uh, Facebook is just search Beard Joy Beard Oil. Instagram is uh, The Beard Joy. And that's about it. I don't do TikTok or anything. I'm not one of these millennial people. So. Uh- <laughs> I've been scared to do TikTok. I enjoy other people, but it's just, it's a lot of pressure, especially yeah. with all this podcast all, stuff that I'm doing. All I see, yeah, all I see is like people dancing on it. So I'm like, well, I can't dance. So I'll so pass for me. So. That's a pass. That's a failure I'm willing to take. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to acquiesce on that. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Leah. Man, that was such a fun little interview. It took some different turns that I wasn't really like planning on going down. Like typically, just to give you a little inside scoop of how I do this, um, I typically give anybody that I'm interviewing about six or seven questions or so to kind of let them know what kind of outline I'm running off of. Um, but Kevin, like right out of the gate, started talking about the Enneagram. I'm like, oh. Wow, he knows the Enneagram. I like the Enneagram. Oh, that's so cool. And then we just kind of talked about so many different things. So I, I love when conversations organically move in different directions that I wasn't planning on going, which is so much fun. So it makes the interview much more enjoyable for me and much more enjoyable for you. But uh, Kevin hit on some some cool things. I love the idea that Beard Joy was created out of frustration. And I think that that is a common thread in the entrepreneur's mind that, hey, I was frustrated with the solutions I was trying to find for this particular problem, or I didn't find a solution at all. And so they create something. I mean, who would have thought like 20 years ago that, oh, you know what? I think we ought to have like a car service that uh, anybody who could have like a four-door car could pick up somebody and it would be legit and they could earn side money and then they could just work whenever they wanted. And here we are with Uber and Lyft and all that fun stuff. So the human race, God created us with such creativity that it's kind of remarkable the different solutions that people have come up with. So that's just crazy. Kevin also said that I loved his little spiel about failure. I've talked about this in episode 12 with my friend Ashley. Uh, It was more about problems. I'm a millennial. I've said that so many times now, but I have to, I feel like I have to preface this and I've, I've been used to conflict or I know that there will be struggles. I'm not naive enough to think that there will never be struggles, but I think my age group and younger view problems as something to be avoided at all cost and that they're a sign of me doing something wrong all the time. Now granted that may be true part of the time, but according to scripture, problems are inevitable. Like you can't avoid them. You will always have a trial. You will always have a struggle. Jesus said that throughout his whole ministry, his three-year ministry, which is crazy to think about how much God can do in three years time. That's amazing. But he he always says, hey, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to go through struggles. People are going to reject you and on and on. But then he always follows it up with a take heart. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. I'm with you always to the end of the age. I've overcome the world. Like all these things like say, hey, it's not about your time here on earth. Think about eternal things. But yes, you are going to go through some things some struggles, some pain. And I think that theme kind of played into what Kevin was talking about, like failure. He said, failure is motivation. Sucker punch it in the throat. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's 
a reminder that, yeah, we're going to face opposition, but I was already warned about this. So we just got to get back up and say, okay, let's reevaluate. Let's, let's take a U-turn here. What, what can we do to approach this problem at a different angle? It's always about that. And I immediately thought of the book of James, which if you are wanting to know, like if you're a believer or a brand new believer and you want to know Christian ethics, Christian nanity, <laughs> 101, read the book of James. It is chock full of stuff, of practical Christian principles, aspects. It's just great. And James, if you don't know, he is the half-brother of Jesus, okay? And when he's writing out chapter one, he typically in epistles, the author will address himself like the, hey, I'm the writer. And so he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if it were me, Probably, I would say, yeah, hey, I'm a servant of God and of my brother, Jesus Christ. But he doesn't even claim familial relationship with him. He just says, hey, I know that Jesus is the Son of God. He may be my earthly half-brother, but I know I'm under his authority. So, boom, out of the gate. And it says, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. And then, boom, he hits us hard with verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and lacking nothing, being complete. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So boom, James obviously knew what he was talking about. <laughs> consider it pure joy. Not like, consider it, all right. <laughs> no, pure joy that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because your faith is going to become stronger. Your faith is going to be tested and it's going to allow you to persevere. That's it, y'all. If you're going through a struggle, if you're a believer and you're going through a struggle or a conflict, maybe this whole COVID-19 season has been wrecking you mentally. I can testify to that for sure, that it's been hard. And maybe you lost your job because of COVID. Maybe you've lost a family member. Maybe, I, I you name it, X, Y, Z. If you are a believer and you're facing a trial, your faith is getting stronger. You're growing in perseverance. You're growing closer to the Lord. That is by far the most glorious thing that you can ever attain. Obviously, we will never reach perfection this side of eternity, but we can continually get closer and closer and closer with the Lord. And when bad things happen and stuff saying, God, why'd you allow this to happen? You say, God, thank you for allowing this to happen because that means I have to rely on you more than myself. And I'm not preaching this to you because I've got it all together. This is preaching to me <laughs> too. So if you need some wisdom, if you're going through a failure and you're trying to find a solution or what to do, ask God. I mean, my word, he is the creator of the world and he created your brain. He created other people too. And created galaxies and stuff. He is more than willing to give you the wisdom that you need. So failure is a motivation because it's going to test your faith and allow you to persevere and keep moving forward. So Kevin reached out to me and um, said he was going to do a little something special. I was like, what are you what is this? And he is offering a discount code to anybody that listens to this episode for any Beard Joy products. So what does that look like? Basically, if you go to beardjoy.com slash shop, you can see all the different scents, all the different products. He has beard combs. He's got some other things. It's, it's pretty cool. And once you get to the checkout, you can apply a discount code and it's LED to lead, all one word. Okay. L E D T O L E A D 
and that will give you a 15% discount. And he's offering that for the whole month of July. So get it while it's hot, guys. <laughs> and thank you, Kevin, for taking the time to do this interview and to give a discount code on top of that. What? That's pretty awesome. So show him some love. I love his idea of having a subscription option, which, like he said earlier, it's 15 bucks a month, and he sends you a new scent every month. And that's, I think, over the course of a year is what he said, I believe. Killer deal. Even if you just want to buy one bottle, it's 20 bucks. Go check it out. Follow him on all the internet land stuff. He's on Instagram, Facebook. Like I said, check out his website. And don't forget about the 15% discount code coupon. You can use it for the whole month of July. That's awesome. And you know what? Episode 14. I was so motivated by his by Kevin's talk about failure that I'm like, you know what? This needs to be addressed. So, and I have brought on my lovely hubby, Jake Haygood, the great, the almighty, no, no, (laughs) it's an ego booster for him. No, I'm going to be bringing on my husband, Jake, to talk about failure and what that looks like. How do we handle it as Christians? Probably mention James some more because James talks a lot about trials and stuff, but Tune in next time for my episode with my husband, Jake, talking about failure. You don't want to miss it. If you have failed, which you probably have, don't lie. I know you're thinking about it like, oh, I've never failed. Yes, you have. (laughs) You don't want to miss out on it. Till next time, I'll see you later.